The date is Friday, October 14th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. Fall is an entertaining time of year. From cuddling up in a blanket to bonfires, it would seem comfort is a key component of this familiar time. However, discomfort is right around the corner. Today we discuss the thrilling and often chilling traditions that come with this time of year. So sit back, grab some candy, and enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite show on the internet, encapsulating all things entertainment. You know it, you love it, it's entertain this. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Pat. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. He sure is. Um, guys, every week I, I put my nose to the grindstone. I mean, I'm running out of nose here put together a cold open that's meaningful and rememberable so that when people think back on these episodes of entertain this they think you know i really love that cold open when alex did blank but not this week not this week says i i'm on strike Mm. i'm on a writer's strike i'm not carrying up this boat anymore i'm gonna let the the waves of fate control it i'm throwing the cold open to you guys do something amazing and don't let me down good luck uh so, Patrick, uh, hey, buddy, it's good to see you here. Good to see you too, Michael. How you doing? I, oh, boy, I'm doing great. Oh, I love it when I get thrown to a cold open on three hours of sleep. Woohoo! I want to note that I did a cold open two weeks ago on a half a bottle of Robitussin, so I want no shit from you. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this is uh, just, if anybody wanted to tune in to just like amateur hour uh, improv comedy. Uh, yep. Th- you got it right here without Alex. That's all that we are. <laughs> Alex, I hope you know how appreciated you are, uh, and how much, how loved you are on this show, how meaningful your presence is to everything that we got going on here. I definitely wasn't on it a little bit ago when Chloe stepped into my spot and I, I haven't listened back to that episode, but I can't wait to hear how that one went. Uh huh. Without- just without me here and my 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 glowing presence, my showmanship. I think Chloe. <laughs> I'm did sure. The cold open, didn't she? I don't remember. Um, I, I just thought Michael know that, did it because he had to yeah, listen I, back like to a thousand episodes. Fair enough. Yeah, I just remember uh, being able to hear the panic in my own voice throughout the entire episode. So, if you listen to the first couple episodes of Entertain This, you'll notice that same panic in my voice. I've just become nonchalant, and jaded by the entire process at this point. Yeah. <laughs> It it really is just like you can hear that just slight shakiness. Like the only thing that might drown it out in the first few episodes is just our awful audio quality. When you speak into a vacuum, at first the silence is deafening, but eventually you grow on the warmth that is the nothing you are screaming into. Mm-hmm. That's an Alex some... Steele quote. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> a quote this. from from my brain. <laughs> That's what it feels like to have a podcast <laughs> for anyone out there curious and wanting to start one. All right. That's enough. I've tortured you long enough. And honestly, I feel like I still helped carry this shit. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've got a very exciting episode. One that um, I'm shocked that we haven't done yet in the what? Three years that we've been doing this podcast, if not longer. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. So let's just get straight into it. I'm going to talk to you guys about my uh, favorite and least favorite time of year. 
So it's a very special time of year when the winds begin to chill and the leaves fall off the trees. And we wonder to ourselves, what is the sun doing this time of year? Just like not being warm for a little bit? Because I know it's still up there and I still see it, but now it's cold. I don't want to hear about space. I don't want to know why why it works that way. I just know the sun's up there and it's not doing its job this very specific time of yeah. year. And Outside is air conditioned. Ridiculous. Outside is air conditioned. Why? Space, probably. I don't know. <laughs> but even if you prefer the warm, uh, sunny days of summer where you can lay on the ground without getting leaves in your hair, there's still some points of appreciation about fall. For example, it's the only season notorious for both sides of polar opposite vibes. Uh, the first vibe is comfy, cozy, bundling up in a warm sweater and cuddling by the fire with a hot beverage. Enjoying time with your family and friends. Uh, images of children jumping in leaves with their parents. You know how it goes. <laughs> Yet, simultaneously, this time of year is also known to be dark and mysterious. Spirits lurk from the afterlife to scare the living. Crude faces light every entryway. Locations become demented versions of themselves infested with horrors uh, like the likes of people we're never supposed to see. From what is on TV to what is in front yards, it is Halloween. And that is what we are going to talk about today. So sit back, relax, and entertain this. Oh, oh my god. Got him. Baked Start. a jump scare in there this time, so I didn't have to edit it. <laughs> so let's start this with a question. Yeah. As we do. As we do, as we have, as we always will. Pat, Michael, what's your favorite Halloween tradition and why? Explain your thought process, as a teacher may say. Patrick, I'm going to let you take this. <laughs> Michael so, said, pass. Are we yeah. talking about like all fall experience or are we just talking about specific Halloween? Halloween. I was talking about specifically Halloween, but you can go off the reservation if you feel nah, like it. No, 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 that's fine. I like haunted houses. Um, yeah, man. So there is a really good haunted house in my hometown of Seymour, Indiana. It's called uh, Fear Fair. Seymour, Indiana. If you've seen a little bit, you've seen, you've it, seen all. it all. <laughs> exactly. Right, Indianapolis. It's actually one of the best uh, haunted houses in uh, on all of the Indiana. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So look it up if you guys are ever interested in uh, driving down to the middle of nowhere, Indiana. <laughs> um, but I would say haunted houses. Me and my brothers are going to go to Waverly Sanatorium uh, nice. here in a couple weeks. Ooh, yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm big into haunted houses. Um, yeah. Been to both Halloween Horror Nights this year on both coasts. Going to go to a haunt at King's Island. I'm going to drag Michael to it. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we're definitely making a trip to Dent Schoolhouse before the, the time is up. Yes. Look up any of those yeah. uh, attractions, listener, and you will find yourself in a very spooky place. I do need to go to Dent Schoolhouse with you, Alex, specifically. Because I can't go with Jade because Jade doesn't fuck with places that are actually haunted. Yeah, Lauren's the same way. So I can't, if you guys are down to go, I, I want to go with you because uh, <laughs> I want to go to Waverly. I haven't been. Uh, Waverly's actually, actually yeah. haunted. Yeah. Uh, Dent Schoolhouse is haunted, but it's also like scare actors and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's both. Fair enough. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, 
and totally fair. Michael, on to you. What's your favorite Halloween tradition, if not the uh, same thing? So I'm not, I'm generally not a big Halloween person. Too bad. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, suck. I don't get really big into like the costumes or. Bullshit. Last year you were Spaceman Jeff Bezos. I was, I was. And but don't you have a good a, uh, plan for this year's Halloween? I, I mean, have a very good plan. The first for this year, year that we hung out, uh, you were an emo goth for Halloween. No, no, no. First year that we ever hung out with, uh, I was uh, a Walmart pigs in a blanket uh, with uh, Jade. <laughs> I don't think I was we, there for that one. Uh-uh. Oh, you weren't? Okay. I don't think so. I uh, think that was before my time. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like I panic when it comes to creativity as with my cold uh, Space opens. Man Jeff Bezos was my favorite idea that year. It was a great, it was a great costume. <laughs> I was very proud of myself. <laughs> okay, call back to Nick when he was Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve, yeah, man. It's yeah. hilarious. He would even make the sounds. It was Shout hilarious. out to Nick. He's yeah. out there right now. He's floating in a hot air balloon like the mom from yeah. the Amanda show. He's doing um, incredible things. He'll be back someday, but we don't know when. Um, <laughs> maybe in a, a hundred episodes. Who's to say? Maybe. Um. But yeah, I, so it's really hard for me. Like the first thing that I think of though is the is trick or treating. Mm. Uh, like for me, I'm always gonna remember, especially being in like uh, suburban neighborhood, like the a whole four hour long event that trick or treating was. Yeah, man. Uh, growing up, well, I remember if, if it's any indication of like how bad I am at like picking out costumes, but I've been getting better. Uh, I went as a ninja. For uh, eight years in a row, when I was a kid, nice. <laughs> oh my uh, god! So I just remember uh, transversing uh, tra- or traversing the streets of Union, Kentucky, uh, trying to hit up all the rich people's houses, yeah, get man. all the big candy bars for sure. Get the full size. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite Halloween tradition is also trick or treating. I mean, it kind of has to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something inherently dangerous and exciting about your parents taking you door to door to take candy from strangers. Uh, it's like being told to run with stiz- scissors or stay up all night. It's like a controlled flame in an adolescent mind. It's like oh, yeah. breaking all the rules for the right <laughs> reasons. <laughs> I mean, I still remember, similar to you, Michael, being that I grew up in like Kentucky suburbia the cold air of night and the smell of fresh rain as I traversed my neighborhood dressed as Robin from Teen Titans, specifically. Nice. It's a good costume. Tights and all, yeah. I was out there. <laughs> it was cold every year, but it was always worth it. Yeah. Oh, God, I just got hit with a bunch of sensory memories of, like, running up to the houses where it'd be, like, just all the adults, like, uh, doing a fire, like a bonfire in a the bonfire. driveway. Drinking, yep. Yeah, drinking beer in the driveway. And just like, here you kids go. Here's just like a handful of candy. And then They'd you run like, off. Oh, I know him. He's so and so. And you're like, nope. I'm excited <laughs> for that. So that's what Lauren and I are doing this year. We're going to sit out by our garage. I'm going to get a fire pit and throw it in my uh, front yard. Nice. You don't and have we'll... a lot of neighbors from what I remember. Oh, we do. Oh, he's got some. Yeah, I yeah, live in a you? subdivision. Uh-huh. I thought that you lived off of like it's it's like five minutes out from where they live it's just farm <laughs> oh maybe that's why yeah yeah okay well michael you kind of already let the cat out of the bag on this one but maybe you have a different answer i want to know what your favorite halloween costume is that you've ever dressed up in i gotta say uh i'm nothing uh, spaceman jeff, jeff bezos is jeff bezos there. Is, oh, yeah like, space really cowboy jeff bezos that is a really good one i'm I am genuinely very excited for my one for this year, though. Um, 
with in which I am going to be uh frat boy Jesus. God, uh, that's good. That's so yeah. good. Boy Jesus. I'm, I'm going to be carrying around a box full of water uh, yeah. and be dispensing it throughout the night of the party. I'm frat <laughs> Better boy, share some I'm, of that. I'm yeah. frat boy Jesus, but my friends call me JC. <laughs> Yo, what's up? <laughs> Yo, what's going wild, on? Man. I once went to this party where I swear to God, I literally died on the cross. <laughs> Bring you all to the table for one last dinner. One of you, at by the time of the third rooster crow... They if you pro. think about it, Jesus Christ did have the ultimate boot and rally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this is this okay for podcast? I don't know. Eh. I stand by it. <laughs> what about you, Pat? What was your favorite Halloween costume? So I I stopped uh, trick or treating at a, a young younger. Don't make age. this sad. Just tell me your favorite Halloween costume. I don't want to hear that you stopped <laughs> trick or treating at nine because your dad made you go work in the coal mines. Yeah, man, it was pretty bad. It was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't dress up. Not gonna lie, I, there, there was not even not even when you got Why older. Are you so vanilla. Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, I think there was a Blues Clues outfit when I was like super young. Um, Pat, I was have, a mummy have one a year. Factoid <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> Uh, dude, I I was very vanilla, plain Jane up until now. Like, uh, okay, well, have you dressed up these last couple years? Nah. <laughs> um, I guess you haven't. <laughs> well, get back you to did, the Halloween parties you, that you guys have been to, and you always just show up in regular clothes. Yeah, and then somebody yeah. shaved an M in my or my chest here. <laughs> no, it was a smiley face. That. It was a smiley face. Yeah. Yep. That was me. That's what you get for not wearing a costume. So now that's my favorite costume you've worn: a smiley face, chest hair guy. <laughs> oh no we have a story about pat uh, <laughs> it's an interesting costume well anyway you guys may be interested in knowing the origins of such a tradition as trick-or-treating and i so often am the one who plays historian on this podcast Mostly because I love finding out the origin of things. So if I like something in entertainment, I want to figure out where it came from so that maybe someday I can replicate it in creating entertainment. Uh, it's always good to know your origins. But in this case, I'm going to be your Halloween historian and tell you all things Halloween, where they came from and why they exist, starting with trick-or-treating. Uh, Halloween, as you may or may not know, has its roots in ancient pre-Christian Celtic festivals. Uh, that festival is known as Samhain. Is this is this something you've heard before? I've heard the I've heard the I've heard the pre-Christian, uh, but not the not the name. The what? It's Samhain. Aren't, isn't uh, that like really? the underwear company? Maybe Hanes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, wow. it's celebrated on the night of October thirty-first. Obviously. Um, the Celts, who lived 2,000 years ago in the area that is now Ireland, um, the United Kingdoms, and northern France, believed that the dead returned to Earth on Samhain. Hmm. On the sacred night, people gathered to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Ooh. Now, what does this have to do with trick-or-treating? I'm getting to it. Calm down. All right, jeez. Jeez. Get off my back Fine. about it. 
Uh, because the Celts believed that the barrier between worlds was breachable during Samhain, they prepared offerings that were left outside villages and fields for fairies and sids. Sounds really close to the Day of the Dead. The Dia de los Muertos. Muertos. <laughs> Hey, you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was expected that ancestors might cross over during this time, and the Celts would dress as animals and monsters so that the fairies were not tempted to kidnap them. Ah. Are we starting to get it? Are we yeah, starting yeah, yeah. To get it? Things are starting to are fall starting into place. It? Here's a hot and spicy for you. I recently watched Hocus Pocus again, the first one, not the sequel. I'm afraid to watch yeah, the sequel. Yeah, me too. I'll get around to it. I haven't watched it, though. But in it, uh, the Sanderson sisters, who are, of course, witches or evil spirits, mm -hmm. if you wanted to refer to them as that, there's a scene where they're wandering around and they're looking for the children of Salem, right? They want to steal mm -hmm. their youth. And one of them has a nose that can smell children. And there's this line where she's like, I can smell children, but I can't find any children. And she's literally surrounded by children in Halloween costumes because just like here, when you dress up, these evil spirits can't find you. <laughs> oh, huh. Interesting. Is that it? There is a lot in Hocus Pocus I could break down. It follows a lot of like ancient traditions. Like the writing is like baked into the history of Halloween, which is hmm. super interesting. But that's not what this episode is about. Um basically these monsters and fairies would try to kidnap anyone they found. So as dressing up as these monsters and animals, um these creatures couldn't find the people to kidnap because they only want to kidnap people. Uh, Trick-or-treating, specifically, is said to have been derived from ancient Irish and Scottish practices in the nights leading up to Samhain. Uh, in Ireland, mumming was the practice of putting on costumes, going door-to-door, -door, and singing songs to the dead. And cakes were then given as payment. So you would dress up, you'd go out, you would sing carols, and you would be given cake. A little bit similar. Uh, Halloween pranks were also a tradition in Samhain, uh, though in the ancient celebration, tricks were typically blamed on strictly fairies. So if your house got TP'd, they said Tinkerbell did it, is basically what you need to know. Um, now, how trick-or-treating uh, stood the test of time is actually thanks in large to a man named Guy Fawkes, who on November 5th of 1606 was executed for his role in the Catholic-led conspiracy to blow up England's parliament building and remove King James I, who was a Protestant, from power. That's out of left field. <laughs> Bet you guys didn't see that shit coming. That's right. We skipped 1,600 years to find out that Guy Fawkes tried to blow up a church, and that's why we do trick-or-treat. Huh. Are you confused? Yeah. Yes, very much so. Well, let me explain why. Because origi the uh, original trick-or-treating celebration that didn't have to do with singing in cakes was called Guy Fawkes Day, celebrated immediately after the famous plotter's execution. Uh, they would have communal bonfires or bone fires, which is where bonfire mm -hmm. comes from, uh, the burning of bones, which were lit to burn effigies and the symbolic bones of the Catholic Pope. <laughs> What does all this have to do with trick-or-treating? Well, by the early 19th century, children's bearing effigies of Fox were roaming the streets on the evening of November 5th asking for a penny for the guy, to which they would demand payment door-to-door. -door. 
demand payment. (laughs) They would demand payment door to door. So what happens next is some American colonists at the time, because um, this is a little bit after 1606, and obviously that was around when we were coming to America. They still celebrated Guy Fawkes Day. And in the mid-19th century, a large number of new immigrants, especially those fleeing the Irish potato famine in 1840, helped popularize it and combine it with some of their uh, sort of go door-to-door singing and get cake traditions and what came to be known of was Halloween. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's all fallen. So with our powers combined, we have (laughs) trick-or-treating. Quite a... It only took trying to dethrone a king and trying to get spirits to leave you alone while while you make sacrifices. And now kids go door to door to ask for candy and we try to get full size candy bars. Yeah, it's all about the same. Yeah. It's all about the same. <laughs> uh in the early twentieth century, Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world traditions of souling and guising in the United States, and by the nineteen twenties Pranks had also become a part of Halloween activity of choice for the rowdy young people. Um, If you guys have not heard of Cabbage Night, let me give you a brief synopsis. The idea of Cabbage Night is not Halloween, but it's a couple days before Halloween, and it's when you actually go out pranking. Um, Is Cabbage Night? Yeah, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. You guys have never heard of Cabbage Night? Nope. I wasn't ready to really give a sermon on Cabbage Night, but I will. Um, it's also known as mischief night or goosey Mm-mm. night. And it's sort of the night where people go out and they, Oh, uh, okay. Stuff. Um, it's, uh, kind of hard to track, but it's supposed to happen the night before Halloween on October 30th. That is officially cabbage night. Uh, and it is just the night where instead of giving people the option, option of trick or treat, they just do tricks. It's like too bad. Gotcha. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Really reminds me of the episode of Billy and Mandy, the uh, the Jacks or the whatever it is. They had like the uh, he just does the bunch of trick or treat stuff, and he just or does the bunch of tricks, and then goes throughout like all of uh, the Townsville or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so I don't know. It's not. I don't. Uh, it might have been yeah. Powerpuff Girls, but that's fine. Anyway, their little town. Yeah, he goes through the town and like does all these tricks or, or uh, tricks or treat, but then Billy ends up fine or. So the guy ends up getting de- decapitated, and then uh, oh yeah 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 I remember yeah that, that episode yep. dude yeah yeah yep. it's uh the one where it is the uh, the pumpkin head guy uh yep who steals who steals guy. Grimm's oh. scythe from him by playing a trick on him yep. yep yeah I remember that shout out to Billy and Mandy we'll get to you in a little <laughs> bit we will. So, continuing on with uh, tr- the tradition of trick-or-treating and how it got to modern day, the Great Depression uh, exacerbated the problem, with Halloween mischief often devolving mm-hmm. into vandalism, uh, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. What does this have to do with trick-or-treating? Again, we're getting there. Come on, give me time. Uh, one theory suggests that excessive pranks on Halloween led to the widespread adoption of an organized, community-based trick or treating tradition in the 1930s basically and this is hilarious in the 1930s they went okay 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 like the mob can we pay you off we all stop if we give you candy 
And there was like a quid pro mm. quo involved where they were like, here's the deal. <laughs> Trick or treat. Like if you if you if we give you treats, you don't trick. If we don't give you treats, trick all day. Trick <laughs> trick all you want. Trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which one? Um huh. so that's the nineteen thirties. This trend was abruptly curtailed, however, with the outbreak of World War II, when sugar rations meant that there were few treats to hand out. Um, at the height of the post-war baby boom, trick-or-treating reclaimed its place among other Halloween customs, and it quickly became the standard practice for millions of children in American cities and newly built suburbs, no longer constrained by sugar rationing. Candy companies capitalized on the lucrative ritual, launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at Halloween. Guess what? It continued hey. because of capitalism. <laughs> Yay. Welcome to American history. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, although it's unknown precisely where the phrase trick-or-treating was coined, the custom had been firmly established in American popular culture by 1951, which is 20 years after the actual activity started. Um, but at that time, trick-or-treating was depicted in a Peanuts comic strip. And in 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick or Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie, which ultimately cemented the phrase trick or treat huh. in popular culture. The 1950s were only 70 yeah. years from that, so isn't that wild? Leave it to Disney to. Yeah, well, is that culture. like the original, the Back to yeah. the Peanuts one? Is that the original, like, what did you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Great Pumpkin? I think so. Well, this was this was the comic strip. Not oh, the TV gotcha. Show. Uh, so the comic strip probably led them to make the Great Pumpkin Halloween special, but I don't I don't think it's specifically that. I'm one. gonna do some research on the side. You do some research. I'm gonna set us up for our next segment. Is that? Cool? I just I I love that like the whole like business kind of idea of like the marketing is what's kind of made trick or treating the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's funny because or Coca Cola did the same thing with Santa Claus because Santa Claus was not red beforehand; it was blue. The like the suit was blue, and now it's yeah. red. Ah, uh, say that for Christmas, Christmas episode's <laughs> gonna be wild. <laughs> oh, so sneak peek for all y'all out there who are already hearing jingle bells. Um. Trick-or-treating isn't the only Halloween tradition that makes this time of year feel quote-unquote scary. Uh, I have two more traditions that I want to talk about with you boys, which we're going to get into now. But first, back to Michael with the peanuts insertion. Uh, yeah, no, this is just uh, it, it's it's uh, Charlie Brown going to a neighbor's door uh, demanding trick-or-treats by money or eats. That's it. <laughs> All, not too much you can gather out of a out of a two panel comic strip. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our next thing. Here's a question for you guys: Have you ever carved a motherfucking pumpkin? Oh, a few times. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You've mm-hmm, carved mm-hmm, a, couple, mm-hmm. a few pumpkins. Uh, have you ever gotten real artistic with it? Uh, I I've tr- yeah okay but I like I, it's always kind of like the standard like Jack Lantern kind of like scary mouth and like triangle eyes. Is it always a face? I want to show you guys something, Michael. You yeah, I've I've tried to do uh, 
plenty of like artistic pumpkins, but just like all artistic endeavors that I try to go down, uh, whenever it just even starts to fail, I just throw my hands up and throw the pumpkin against the wall. <laughs> oh, we got something for a visual audience here. For a visual audience, this is the head to my Halloween Incredible. costume. <laughs> which nice. I carved myself. Thank you. It doesn't fit on my head. <laughs> But it will when I take the whole oh back God. off. And then we'll be good to That's go. It. But uh, it's a pumpkin that I've taken the bottom out of uh, to make it in a sort of mask shape. Nobody make fun of me. Yeah, no, it's very good. <laughs> I'm excited to see Alex's costume now. <laughs> Alex and Chloe, by the way, always do really, really, really good costumes. I think last year you guys were... Uh, what we do in the shadows, the the characters. Um, that was two Laszlo, years ago. It was but, two years ago. But okay. yes, we did do that. We always do TV shows, but I think last year we did a movie. Um, this year we're kind of going off the reserve with it because I just want to do this because I saw it and I thought it was funny. Um, so Chloe's still going to have to figure something out. But <laughs> um, we did our first year that we were dating, we did Leslie Nope and Ben yep. Wyatt from... Uh, Yep, yeah, Parks and Rec. From um, Parks and Rec. And then our next year, we did Laszlo and Nadia from um, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And then the year after that, we were uh, the people from mm. The Shining. Jack and <laughs> Jack's wife. <laughs> Susie? Or... Hold on. Chloe's typing. Uh, it, of course. And I know this off the top of my head. Their names were Jack and Wendy Torrance. Great job, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Shout so, out to you for so fact checking. We were talking because we're on this kind of sidetracked right now, talking about couple costumes. I did remember that I did dress up once. Uh, it was the first year me and Lauren were dating. Yep. In college. And then you said never again. <laughs> never again. Uh, we went as Kim Possible and Ron nice. Stoppable. And uh, you hear that, Lauren? I know if you're listening to this episode, you forgot that that happened until later. I was gonna share it just real quick because it's uh, yeah, that's it's very like good, very basic. Uh, mm -hmm. It's good couples costume. You watch your tongue. It's good. Um, back to this idea of pumpkin carving. You guys want to get the history behind pumpkin carving? Yeah. All right, let's talk about it. Are you guys seeing the? Uh, are you sharing? Oh, there's a little comparison side by side here. Let me just go ahead. And... <laughs> there they are. Little babies. Me, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching. What small uh, children you, know, you are. <laughs> what I small know. small children you were. Incredible. Uh, let's get into Carving Pumpkins, which is a great <laughs> band name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> is that smash, smashing is Pumpkins. Carving Pumpkins Taken? Something I know, Smashing similar Pumpkins. Is. Smashing okay. Pumpkins is... So the, Carving the, Pumpkins yeah. is a Smashing yeah. Pumpkins yeah, 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 Halloween yeah. cover band, is what you're telling me. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. Heard and understood. Um, well, let's talk about Carving Pumpkins. We start this tale back in Samhain in the Middle Ages. Guess what? We're back. Um, as the Middle Ages progressed, uh, so did the celebration of the fire festivals, bonfires known as Samgahanagasans. <laughs> I think I only have to say that once. So I was gonna say, say it three times fast. Sam Nagans, Sam Nagans. You want me to spell it out for you? You're gonna love this. Write it down on a piece of paper and try to read it, listener. 
S-A-M-G-H-N-A-G-A-N-S. That's one that on a spelling bee, I would be kicked out of. You want to talk <laughs> about scary, this word coming up at a spelling bee. That's terrifying. Um, anyway, there were... Uh, it was a more personal Sam Hain fire near farms, um, and it became a tradition uh, purportedly to protect families from fairies and witches. They were big into the fairies and witches in the Middle Ages. They were all over the place. They were a real threat. It was back then's COVID was fairies and witches. It's coming for everyone, and you need to protect yourself and your loved ones. Um, so you'd light a bonfire in your front yard to keep them away, Right. Uh, some people didn't light the bonfire. Instead, they thought just simply lighting the area would work. So they started to carve uh, turnips and put uh, coal in them, calling them jack-o'-lanterns. Um, and they attached them to strings, uh, or they attached them by strings to sticks and then embedded them with coal so that they would smoke and have a little bit of light. Um, the practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns jack-o'-lanterns originated in ireland where large turnips and potatoes served as early canvases in fact the name jack-o'-lantern comes from an irish folktale about a man named stingy jack <laughs> so in, in case you never knew who jack o'lantern was i'm gonna tell you right now uh, according to the story stingy jack invited the devil to have a drink with him uh, true to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Uh, once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Uh, Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year, and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. Um, while he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for ten more years. Soon after that, Jack died. Uh, and as the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil... Upset by the trick Jack had played on him and keeping his word, uh, he would not claim Jack's soul. Uh, and he would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth with this ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern. And then, simply, Jack O. Lantern. History! Wow. Sounds like the Headless Horseman story, basically, yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. Kinda. So he's left roaming the earth with a turnip and a coal embedded in it. Um, in Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own versions of Jack's Lantern by carving scary faces into turnips and potatoes and placing them in windows or near doors to frighten away stingy jack and other wandering evil spirits in england large beets are used uh, immigrants from these countries brought the jack-o-lantern tradition with them when they came to the united states and they soon found out that pumpkins a fruit native to america made perfect jack-o-lanterns so huh that that is just a lot of really cool 
like I, I love hearing everything going from like point A to point B and just like it, it's like looking at the uh, dictionary definitions and it's got the like etymology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's word. really cool yeah. seeing how that forms etymology. together. Yeah, man. How you did they surprise? How did they dissect that? That's the like. How did they find the like trace the the traditions back far enough? That's that's my question. Because it's I like, because <laughs> it just comes from random stuff half the time. It's like, uh, one thing that I've learned, especially doing this show, which fits the topic because I find it fucking terrifying, is the fact that, like, you would think all of this stuff happened so long ago that nobody would ever know it or that we would forget, but, like, the sixteen hundreds even, were only really 400 years ago. Uh, the average lifespan of a human, even if you factor in life expectancy and how it's greatly appreciated, uh, if you average it out, it still hits around 60, uh, if not later, which means that's only going back like four, five, or six generations and you're back in the 1600s. So like, if you met your great-grandmother, you were halfway back to the 1600s with just that person. So if they met their great-grandmother, then you could still hear secondhand the stories of the 1600s. And even so, we have written culture and stuff in old books and, of course, stuff that's passed down, uh, you know, stories that are passed down and stuff like that. And a lot of this stuff is just baked into culture. Uh, I mean, a lot of the immigrants from other places came over in the early 1900s, you know, late 1800s. So we're talking about them discovering jack-o'-lanterns were, you know, great, or pumpkins were great to make jack-o'-lanterns, like, in the late 1800s. Because that's just when the world started coming together. Like, it's incredible how fast civilization has started speeding up with advancements, because back then it would have been near impossible to even cross the ocean, let alone import from place to place. Like, you're not making, you're not going to be able to take a pumpkin from America to England yeah. without it rotting before you get there. Good shit. Wild stuff. Crazy. I mean, have you ever have you ever carved a pumpkin? You leave it on your front door for like two weeks and you have like pudding. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so you can't carve a pumpkin and then take it with you on the boat. That's definitely not going to work. No. No, but you do get that just giant mess of soupy, sinewy seeds that you get from digging that shit out. Yeah. Ew. My sister once was eating uh, pumpkin seeds and threw up, and now if she smells a pumpkin, <laughs> she immediately throws up. It's incredible. Shout out to you, Alicia. Uh, so if those little fun stories didn't light a flame in your heart, wink, uh, can can you kind of feel the, uh, the knowledge Ooh. that we've carved out in your brain? <laughs> Is that one good? Nothing? Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you thank you thank you uh that's that's all i could think of so no more puns but i do have one more interesting origin story that i'd like to share with you guys and i think especially patrick's going to enjoy it so let's start this last segment with another question mm. do you like haunted houses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of course i like haunted houses of course you like haunted houses we already kind of talked it? about it so, so if you do like haunted houses, what is one that you thought was just really cool, and why did it stick with you? 
I think I kind of talked about this earlier, but that was the, uh, the, uh, now I'm going to blank on the name. <laughs> yeah. Right, Michael, you uh, go while Pat does some Google. Still to this day, yes. I know it's like kind of like one of the, uh, more campy ones around this area, but I still just love the USS Nightmare. Um, just a small little riverboat that they just fit an entire haunted house into. Um, that I, I just, God, yeah. I just love the With lore, the lore. atmosphere of the place. Um, it's just so much fun. Like even just sitting in line waiting to get onto the thing, like you feel the boat just moving the tiniest amount underneath your feet, just gives it from the from the ground up an uneasy feeling. <laughs> but um, but um. Um, do you know the lore of the USS Nightmare? I know a little bit. Patrick, do you know any of it? No. <laughs> Would you believe that it has to do with Indian burial grounds? <laughs> of course it does. Tell me how a boat <laughs> is going to be built on Indian burial grounds. Here's a hint. It wasn't. So you you tell me how to connect the dots here. That there would maybe was from like a I don't know. It's from the coffins of the Indian burial <laughs> ground. Did they even use coffins? Like I feel like in, it's not like, even made of wood, brother. Use... It's made of metal. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm like, dude, the mount. Like I don't know, but do you have like a some like figurine maybe from it that's on the ship? I don't know. Michael, do you have any guesses? I don't. Before I don't I know this aspect the answer? of it. Okay, so it's a type of boat known as a drudger. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That also might not be what it's called, Dredge. but it sounds like, right. Yeah. Um, the idea was that the uh, Ohio River would <laughs> collect so much shit at the bottom of it that boats couldn't make it through. So they would send out these boats that were basically giant-ass rakes that would rake the bottom of the Ohio River and pull all that shit up so that boats could go through without getting stuck in all of this shit. And they say that while doing that, the USS Nightmare disturbed an Indian burial ground that was <laughs> under the Ohio River. Uh, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense because the Ohio River wasn't mm -hmm. always as big as it is now. Fair enough, yeah. It was an Ohio stream that you could literally walk across back in, like, you know, settler times. So even before then, it would make sense that it could have happened that way. It, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, that cursed the boat, quote unquote, and uh, forced the captain to go crazy and kill his daughter and kill everyone on board. And uh, yeah, and then it became a haunted boat. And of course, that's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it is a fun story. Let me tell you another fun story about the USS Nightmare while we're here, and then we'll go on to Pat's favorite hallo or haunted house. Uh, we, Chloe and I went to the USS Nightmare um, literally two weeks ago, right? God bless their souls. We're going through, and the scare actors are, they look like they're volunteers. Um, a real assortment of characters, uh, a very interesting group. I don't know where they got them from. But uh, one in particular was in a sort of lab area. Uh, and there's like bubbles and there's light going on everywhere. And Chloe, I said, Chloe, lead the group. So she's been leading us this entire way. It was mostly so that I could laugh because she was <laughs> getting scared first. So we're in this lab area and Chloe's leading the way. And Chloe's looking at this like giant tube that's bubbling. 
And she's just like watching the bubbles and she's like, whoa, that's like so cool. And I'm behind her, but she's got her back turned so that it's me, I'm behind her, and then her like side is to me and she's looking in that direction. Standing directly behind her is this lady who's shorter than Chloe and is holding a knife up. She's waiting for Chloe to turn around. And I'm watching her because I'm like, oh, she's about to get her good. Uh, and she looked like she was maybe Aww. in her like 60s, to be honest, like uh, like 50s or 60s. She has this knife up. She's looking at Chloe. She's not making a scary face, by the way. She looks like she's sorry she's <laughs> about to do this. Like, she's like, looks kind of concerned, like holding up this knife. She looked like it was maybe her first night, and she wanted to make sure she did a good job. Either way, Chloe never turns around. <laughs> Chloe keeps walking in the USS Nightmare. Instead, she decides, well, if I'm not scaring this person, I'm going to scare the next person. But rem- I'll remind you, I was watching this woman very closely because I was waiting for her to stare or to scare Chloe. So she turns her attention from Chloe to the next person, who is me, and I'm staring right at her. And she jumps back and she goes, ah! I scared the scare actress in the USS oh, Nightmare. I love it. Are you kidding me? I love it. One of my favorite me? things is getting like those scare actors to break character, uh, especially like at a like dent schoolhouse. Yeah. Like they have like really strict policies, and they do a really good job of hiring really good scare actors. And um, this was about nine years ago or so. Uh, this is when I worked at Tiavana. I was dating this girl who um, she shaved her head, but she wore wigs, and. Um, we went to Dent Schoolhouse together, and at one point, there's a guy who hangs by his like knees down, upside down, and tries to like tickle the top of your head to like scare you um, as you're walking by. And his hand gets caught in her wig, and uh, we just keep walking by, and her wig just gets lifted right off of her head, <laughs> and uh, of course, freaked out, freaked everyone out, and like all of the actors around us are like. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. And the entire time we're just like, you shut up. You're going to get fired. (laughs) Like. (laughs) It sucks getting Mm -hmm. your weave snatched at the dent schoolhouse. (laughs) That's unfortunate. And you hate to hear it. Pat, what's your favorite haunted house around here? And what made it so cool to you? So fear fair uh, would be my favorite. I've got another story about a haunted maze, but. I want to hear it. <laughs> what is Fear Fair? I haven't heard of this. So again, it's it's a haunted house. So um, it is inside of a old um, air base. So during World War II, um, in Seymour, Indiana, there's in Freeman Field. It used to be a uh, training ground for the bomber squads. Right? Uh, they would come here. They would train. They would uh, figure out a bunch of stuff. They learn how to jump and parachute and all that at the Freeman Field Air. Uh, so this building is an old abandoned building that they've turned into a, uh, a Scott or a haunted house and it's just constantly grown. So the first story I'm going to tell you is from my sixth grade, uh, travel soccer team. We went as a bonding experience to the fear fair. This is when I was still afraid of everything as a kid. I was a sheltered little Lutheran boy. So, um, I no wonder you don't have good Halloween stories. Yeah. There for a while, my mom was like anti against Halloween. So, like, we did a trunk or treat in my uh, church parking lot where my dad built the Tower of Babylon out of a trailer. Anyways, awesome. A little insight in my life. Um, they've thus got rid of their 
full like thing on. They chilled so, out. Yeah, I chilled out a lot. Um, so we're in sixth grade, right? Um, it's a, it's like five or six guys, uh, going to this experience. And this is my first time ever at Fear Fair. So when you go there, they they have a bunch of haunt actors going around with chainsaws, like like scaring people and like popping up and the like just to get you in the mood. And I get there and my dad drops me off and I have no idea where my other team is. And I'm still kind of introverted at this point. <laughs> so I'm freaking out. And they've got these guys in pig masks and chainsaws going kind of like going up to girl and girls are going, oh my gosh, kind of thing, right? I get in the line, I find my team, and so we wait in line, and it's cold, like super bone-chilling cold, right? And uh, the lights are all kind of like flickering to set the mood, and it looks like it's just like the haunted, it looks like a haunted place. It just looks uneasy, and there's like creepy sounds, and there's people like that have only gotten halfway through, and they're like getting out, like, they, like they're too scared, so like, if there's a halfway point that you can just leave, right? So, anyways, to wrap the kind of wrap this up a little bit to go a little bit faster, the first thing that we did uh, was we get in there and this actor is yelling and screaming like it's kind of like a hillbilly actor, right? And pulls the shotgun, cocks it, and then puts it in their mouth and shoots it, and it just splatters everywhere, right? Oh my god! The blood is Whoa. just everywhere, and like it's coated my shirt. That's intense. <laughs> like it's kind of oh, awesome, and I. They like, and I was gonna say that's like the scariest, like scariest I've ever been. I was like freaking out because it's just like all over the mirror and stuff, and all over you. And he, they go through. What? That's the, that's the, that's the <laughs> that's start off. Starts. Yeah, that's not even an end. So they and you, then they strap you to a wall and they pull out one of your teeth and then they make you eat it and that's just the second thing and uh, then and it's like so then you go into this like pitch black room and you're trying to like wander your way through. And they don't give you, like, flashlights at the time, so you were just wandering your way through. And then you're going up in, like, the stairwell. And these people are grabbing your legs as you're going up the stairwell. Uh, and, like, these... So they're the this next... one of those no-hold-barred haunted attractions. Yeah. So, and it's... That's why I said it's, like, one of the... It's the best in India, by far. Um, so... Uh, best is a, a point of opinion. Ah! Uh, Okay, yeah, fair enough. But because uh, some people will lose their shit if shit like that happens to them. Like there's there's yeah. usually there's usually two options. There's like a don't touch me option, which is your standard Halloween. And then there's the touch me option, which you pay extra for, as one does. So they don't really do that as much anymore. Um mm -hmm. it's got and that's what I was gonna get to, with like it really hasn't been top since that situation. But they, there's this other part I want to talk. They probably about. got in trouble for it. Yeah, but... they have, and like I've been there. Like still, still kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the pyramid head? Pyramid head people. Yep. yep. He, this guy, has the biggest guy I've ever seen. Literally picked me up, and I was 180 pounds. Picks me up and throws me into a fence. Jeez. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh. I'm glad <laughs> you made it out. What a cool experience that you get to now talk about. But also, are you good? Are you okay? It was it was a lot, man. There was Do you a have trauma. <laughs> nah, I'm fine. All right. Um, to check in with your friends. <laughs> so that's wild. The last one I'll talk about, and then I want to talk about the 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 haunted movies playlist. Okay. Uh, so there's this Saul 
right? So there's mm-hmm. two rooms, and they split up the group, and they put you into two different rooms. And they're like, oh. do you want to play? <laughs> do you want to play a game? Do you want to play a game? Exactly. Uh, so you're sitting there, and you see the other people through a one-way mirror. And luckily, I was not in the room that got got got. But uh, the other room has these chainsaw pigs that come out and start like <laughs> chasing them down the hallway. <gasps> Just see your friends like take off because they're all freaking out. And uh, yeah, that was, that was. And then there was like this weird like room where like these bags were like pressing against you. I guess it's like claustrophobia or something like that. Yeah. Um. It, it was a great experience. Tell the us first about time the maze, damn it. <laughs> so, going to the maze. So, further back in time, right? So, uh, we're about six years... I'm about six years old at this point. My cousin, who is an uh, eighth grader at this point, right? Um, we whole whole family go together in this haunted maze. And they're like... You know how in the haunted maze you'll have, like, actors pop out and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so, we're already through, done with the maze. My cousin is going to the Porter John and inside the Porter John. And my dad pays these witches 40 bucks to come up to him because he's like, he's deathly afraid of these witches. And they start rocking the Porter body and he runs out because he finds out they're witches. And dude, I have never seen him, somebody jump out of their skin and <laughs> jump and run so fast. He at least like took the time to pull his pants back up. Damn. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Incredible. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the history of haunted houses <laughs> to rope us all the way back in, and I'm gonna. Dang it! Here's Sorry about that sidetrack. It. No, it's incredible. Uh, haunted houses, of course, are a staple of the season. Uh, this is the one time of year that we actually pay people to make us feel bad. Where did this insane tradition come from? Let's discuss. One of the first recorded purposes or purpose-built haunted attractions was the Orton and Spooner Ghost House, which opened in 1950 in Lifton, England. Closely resembling a carnival funhouse, it was powered by steam, and it still exists in the Hollycomb Steam Collection. Uh, what, did, what, what, what did that lead to? Well, guess what? America copied it, because that's what we do. Uh, Halloween-themed haunted houses in America seemed to begin emerging around the Great Depression, or about the same time as trick-or-treating. Uh, during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, it was common for magicians to use supernatural themes in their stage performances, which evolved into the tradition of a traveling ghost show, also referred to as a spook show or a creep show, uh, and incorporated comedy, displays of mentalism, and theatrical special effects. During the 1950s, these specialized shows were often performed as pre-show entertainment before screenings of popular horror movies. That's not a haunted house, but, you know, it's a haunted attraction. Here's the first haunted house in America. Uh, Do you know what it was? Does anybody know what it was? Does anybody want to take a guess? Okay, when I say this, you're going to be like, wow, seriously? Here it is. The Haunted Mansion opened in Disneyland on August 9th, 1969, and it was the first American haunted house. Uh, it was highly successful, uh, soon gaining a single-day record of 82,516 wow, guests. Wow, seriously? Wow, seriously? Yeah. Isn't that wild? That was the fact that made me decide this was not going to be uh, what I was going to make it, this episode, I found out <laughs> this fact, and I was like, I'm going to do a history of all things Halloween. Um, so, so yeah, the buildup is here. Um, in 1973, Knott's Berry Farms began hosting its own Halloween night attraction, 
Uh, it was called Not Scary Farms, which, <laughs> you know, just it was right there, and they took it. Um, Evangelian Christians became early adopters of alternative Halloween attractions. Jerry Falwell and Liberty University introduced the first Hell Houses in 1972, uh, which would later become your homegrown to the bone country haunts that we now know and love. Since then, people have been putting on houses all across the world, making sure that none of us ever sleep again. Uh, to sort of close this out with my with my final words of this episode before we jump into the quick this, let me remind you, fall is a, the time of the year we get to experience out-of-ordinary traditions. The monotony of the day-to-day can finally be broken up by a quick scare here or a scary face there, and I will forever be grateful for that. Uh, and I am grateful for you, listener, and my co-hosts. I'm grateful that you entertained this. Nice job. Now on to now. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and now on to the musical break that then eventually leads into the quick this. We'll be right back. Wait, sorry. Hold on. Wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Michael. Is the one who's hosting the quick this. All right, play music. And we're back, Michael. You got a quick this? I do. I do have a quick this. Good, because uh, I had a lot of preamble that led to that. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, embarrassing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been the first time. Um, <laughs> and that's probably one of the scariest things. Um, no! Yes. Got you again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Welcome. If someone would like to get me a timer, por favor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, timer? Uh, timer? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that. Uh, go. Spooky season is upon us as we've been talking, and in my world, where even though I'm not super big on uh, traditional Halloween, uh, I do love the chances to get to hang out with friends and whatnot. There, I, I like to turn towards uh, other sources for my haunted and horror uh, environments and thoughts and I fantasies. Stress enough, us Kentucky boys really need to pronunciate the end of that word horror. Horror. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, like, <laughs> the number of times that I've been like, you guys want to watch, like, a horror movie? And they're like, a plot to movie? It's like, you got to be very careful. So. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll keep it in mind. Uh, yeah, I like, uh, I, for me to enjoy horror, horror, uh, my, my horror sensibilities, uh, I, I turned, <laughs> god damn it, uh, I turn towards, uh, as I typically do, to to other worlds, other other existences, to get my fill. Um, in this quick this, I'm going to talk about uh, a little fantasy world known as Warhammer 40,000. It is nuts that you were able to turn a Halloween theme into a video game. I cannot believe out of everything in the world. It's not a video Somehow game. looped us into Warhammer 40K for a Halloween <laughs> quick this. Continue, but goddamn. Yep, yep, yep. So what is like the scariest thoughts that we can possibly have in this day and age? We could think about demons. We could think about devils, ghosts, typical ghosts are real hauntings. And they've seen me naked. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yo, what up? My name. <laughs> yo, demons. My name what's Jim. up? <laughs> yo, what's up, demons? It's me, your boy, Skinny Penis. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, about Warhammer, you nerd. Yeah. So we typically in uh, what I like to think is like the scariest things that could possibly be out there is the existence of aliens, the uh, possibilities of. Uh, horrible, horrible futures that await us in this ever vast and expansive universe. Uh, and Warhammer 40,000 is just an exploration of that. Um, in this entire universe, we see that the future holds no actual good ending. There is no such thing as an actual like beneficial end to this universe. Uh, it explores the ideas of the untapped potential of humanity and the downfall that that can bring. Uh, in this world, we have a god-emperor king that has been uh, granted gifts and powers from the cosmos who has controlled the entire span of humanity across the universe uh, for tens of thousands of years, only to end up as a rotting carcass sitting on a golden throne, being the only watchful eye towards the ever expanse of space. We have the creatures that are actually filling that expansive space. We have uh, undead robotic zombies that were previously slaves, but rose up and now use the power of their God masters to try and overcome their bondage and slay the other creatures that exist within this universe. You have the existence of chaos demons that bring forth their powers and manifest it in trying to corrupt all life that exists around them each within their own individual manifestations. You have el space elves. Those are pretty cool. Oh, uh, you got space. <laughs> <laughs> you have chaos demons who use their power to corrupt all around them. You have space elves, and that's pretty neat. If you, think about, if you really think about it, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. You get, you got space elves whose entire existence is uh, trying to avoid the consequences uh, that are befalling them, that have befallen their 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 brothers in the past, from their overindulgence into uh, life in and of itself, uh, all the way to even just straight up the aliens from Alien, uh, Tyranids as they're called. They're here too. They're yep. here too, baby. <laughs> the aliens from Aliens. And they join the party. And so, so, so much more in this entire existence where there exists no single good person. There is just only death and warfare awaiting the future of humanity and the other inhabitants of the universe. And there is no such thing as a good ending in this entire world and lore. Um, and that to me in just exploring the horror of that uh, brings it back to spooky season for me and that's one of the things that i absolutely love about it well done that is five minutes mike next year you're gonna host all of october and you're only gonna do halloween stuff because this year you did not do a single halloween thing <laughs> <laughs> yep i don't let I, halloween's not my big thing <laughs> God bless. Uh, he'll pick it up around christmas folks uh stick around to find out if he does uh because this is uh, entertainment. But if there's anything in the realm of entertainment that we have not covered that you'd like to hear us cover on this show, there are a couple of different ways you can reach out to us. Number one is you can go to our website, www. 
entertainthis.com slash et-podcast. Scroll all the way to the bottom, and you can fill a little questionnaire there that gets sent straight to us. Or you can email us directly, entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. We're entertain underscore this. On Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. On Facebook, we are podcast entertain this. And as always, entertain us so we can entertain you. And you can entertain this. We'll see you guys next Friday. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This episode was written by Alex Steele with additional commentary by Patrick Fraser and Michael Savoya. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes and thanks for listening.